I didn't see you there. <laughs> Welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Abbasi. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. So today is Plank Challenge Day 25. <laughs> and I was looking at this and I'm like, did I skip a couple days? Like it's the 28th that I'm recording this, the evening of the 28th. And I have day 25. I mean, I think we started like a few days late. So anyway, I'm going to keep going. Um, We're at day 25 on my count. So I know that we said that it's going to go over into the beginning of March. So I think we're fine. All right. If you are on the three minute track, you are at a, a hundred and sixty seconds today and the five minute track you're at 210 seconds Um, that's what we're going with today so good luck and today's episode is about embracing the new version of ourselves through the lens of sobriety and strokes recovery so whichever path you're on I happen to be on the path of both um we're going to talk a little bit about change. And um, I have a little experience with this. (laughs) Um, And I want to talk about how what it felt like to start enjoying my life in sobriety, you know, doing things without drinking. And I was thinking today, early this morning, about how doing things now post-stroke with these physical challenges, vision challenges, uh, head pain and stuff, these firsts, the idea of doing firsts, like doing something for the first time, applies here too. So I want to talk about that. And um, it was an interesting concept for me to expand on today. So sobriety taught me um, a valuable lesson, unbelievable lesson. Um, And that is for me, that people change. And this idea that people change demanded me to reevaluate my entire life's uh, worth of, of insisting that people don't change. I've been saying this for years, that people don't change. I said it so many times with complete confidence, and I was so, so wrong. People are constantly changing in small ways and gigantic ways, um, adjusting, adapting, bending. Some people are breaking, you know, and then healing, um, learning, unlearning. I was so wrong. wrong. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I was so wrong to say that people don't change. In sobriety, we reevaluate our habits, right? Um, we reevaluate our coping mechanisms. 
and even it comes down to our social circles. Similarly, in stroke recovery, I have had to adapt once again, but this time it's to accommodate these new physical and neurological limitations. So I want to talk about the significance of changing old habits, old ways. And in my journey, I've learned that, or I'm learning, you know, I don't like to say past tense, I'm learning that adapting doesn't mean that I have to give up on what I love. It means finding new ways to enjoy these activities within my current capabilities. So I get to ask myself, not I have to, I get to ask myself, how can I adjust? Um, Rather than saying, why can't I do this anymore? So for instance, a newly sober individual um, would have to navigate social situations differently. This is what I had to do. I had to ask myself before like a work happy hour, um, will this event make me want to drink? Um, or can I enjoy myself when everyone around me is drinking? I had to seriously think about my intention before I went to something like this. And these questions would help me fast forward the tape. And this would help me foresee potential triggers um, and plan my actions accordingly. You know, make sure that I have a way out. I drove myself. So if I start feeling uncomfortable, I can just leave. Um, I, I had a buddy that helped me in the beginning. And this buddy was my boss at the time. And I'm quite certain, now he's never said this to me, but I'm quite certain that he may have indicated to the wait- waiter or waitress to not let me, not let my drink run dry. <laughs> you know, like I had a Coke or a, or a sparkling water or something like that. Um, because I always had that person like around me, I felt like, but maybe it was just me. Um, but he was also kind of lingering and watching and making sure like, do you need anything? And that was really, I couldn't have asked for that. You know, I never would have asked for that. He just did it. Um, And it helped me understand how much that may be helpful to another newly sober alcoholic um, to make sure that you've got somebody with you who knows. Um, And over time, I started having more and more people who knew. But in the beginning, I didn't want to tell anybody. I was kind of embarrassed. You know, I was kind of um, feeling really shameful, you know, that kind of thing. So it's hard, I know, to tell somebody in the beginning when you feel that way. 
but um, this was a really good tool for me to have a buddy. Um, so anyway, and what does this have to do with stroke recovery? Well, in stroke recovery, this approach of doing my firsts, right? So in sobriety, I was going to my first happy hour and I would, once I was able to attend my first happy hour, not drink at the happy hour, not drink after the happy hour and look back and be like, I did it. I did it. It's a small victory. I did it. And now I know I can do it again. Like I don't have an excuse to not do it again because I've already done it. I know it's possible. So in stroke recovery, this approach becomes equally crucial for me. So before engaging in any activity, I need to pause and ask myself, is this going to cause me pain? And not ask myself, which is what I've been doing over the past freaking eight months, is this discomfort or pain worth it? Meaning, is it worth what I'm what I want to do? So I want to go on the internet and look at XYZ. Is it worth the pain to go look at it? And depending on how badly I want to look at the thing, I, I answer my question, yes or no. And so the, la- the latter of these two questions is what has kept me, I think, from accepting my disability. Because I keep pushing my disability to the side and being like, I'll pay attention to you later. Right now, I want to do this. You know, instant gratification, no matter what. So I just push my limits when I want to do something. And I know that I will have to rest for a few days after I do whatever the thing is. And um, I, I need to stop at the question, is this going to cause me pain? Um, I don't have to live in pain. You know, all I need to be asking is that single question, I should say, um, because nothing else matters. Is this going to cause me pain? If the answer is yes, don't do it. I'm talking to myself there. Um, I shouldn't do things that are causing me pain. So instead of, is this discomfort or pain worth the thing I want to do? I can ask a follow-up question, which is, is there another way? And... These questions are not to define what my limitations are, but instead to discover pain-free activities and alternative ways to enjoy what I love and find enjoyment in new methods. So this is like an epiphany for me that I'm getting to this point right now. Um... And I think it's because I've been talking to my psychiatrist a lot about figuring out what activities I like that will align with my values. And I think it's, I think what it is, it's, 
it's having somebody to talk to, somebody that's on Team Rachel that is interested in what Rachel does on a daily basis. And uh, that's good for me, you know, for my health, for my emotional and mental health and physical health. So taking, for example, using voiceover, this is the best example I have um, because this is really um, a lot of the things that I enjoy, I, I do on my computer. And um, if so using voiceover is really a big deal for me, um, for this girl. So this uh, voiceover wasn't something I have ever needed before. I didn't even know it existed, honestly. But now it opens up a world of possibilities and it allows me to engage with technology in a way that accommodates my condition. And I'm aiming to embrace these accessibility features um, as tools that bridge um, bridge what I want to do to what I can do. You know what I mean? Like, um, allow me to enjoy my passions and reach my goals um, and not look at them as crutches but more like, like I said, like tools in my toolbox. Like when I got sober, I started building this toolbox for myself and it included going to AA meetings. It included saying my gratefuls. It included causing, calling my sponsor and, you know, all these little things that I, my, my God box. These are like my, my tool set. And in stroke recovery, I'm, I need to build my tool set, you know, and I think that's what I've been doing over the past eight months. I've been building this tool set, but without accepting and committing to, um, to my disability, um, it's, it's really impossible for me to strengthen my, um, my ability to use those tools. So, uh, that's what I'm doing. You know, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm finally at the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done being in pain. Um, nothing's changing and I'm ready to enjoy life without pain. And it seems like the, I think what I was waiting for was the pain to go away and I would still do my same stuff. <laughs> and that's not happening. So I need to change the way I do my stuff so that the pain doesn't um, come, you know, uh, it doesn't get aggravated or triggered. So let's talk about firsts, you know, um, again, like that exhilarating feeling of going to my very first happy hour or holiday party or my first football Sunday sober. Um, 
I'd use these firsts as a notch on my belt to look back and say, I did it once so I can do it again. And the firsts were such a big deal for me in early sobriety. They were small victories. So now post-stroke, I'm learning how to enjoy my passions in new ways. And I need to have that same grace and patience with myself achieving something for the first time post-stroke. So an example of this is it's been two days now that I've been logging on to my morning sobriety meeting using voiceover and having a screen curtain on, meaning my screen on my phone is black and I'm not looking at anything. I'm only navigating my phone with my finger and it's audibly telling me what I'm clicking. Um, so I have been able to log on to my Zoom meeting, um, putting in, you know, finding the meeting history, joining the meeting, putting in my password, and then I'm in the meeting. I have to mute and unmute myself. So I'm learn- I've been able to do that. So I've actually been engaged in two whole meetings. Uh, they're an hour long and not looking at my phone at all. That is a gigantic victory for me. Um, there's only, I only had one time that I thought I was unmuted, but I wasn't. And um, that happens to people who, <laughs> that happens to people who have sight, you know, who are using their eyes. So I was like, okay, I guess I've, I've hit the um, accomplishment because now I'm making the same mistakes that one would if you, they were looking at their phone. So this is huge. So it's been two days I've been able to do it. I can hear you clapping in the background. Thank you. Thank you. Once I did it once, I knew that I had no excuse not to do it every time. So whether it is successfully using an accessibility feature on my Apple products or attending a social gathering sober and leaving with my sobriety still intact, these moments are monumental in recovery. They are monumental. Um, Again, you've done it once. Like, that's the hard part, doing it once. Um, If you've done it once, you can do it again. And there's no excuse not to. And it's a confidence booster. And it's a testament to resilience and adaptability of humans, you know, of us. Um, So there you have it. Um... I'm going to keep working on trying to really cherish this new version of me, Rachel 3.0. I haven't talked about her for a while. <laughs> it's It takes being open to learning, to adapting, and lots and lots and lots of patience with myself and being kind to myself. And when I have a bad day, knowing that um, not every day is going to be a bad day. And you guys get to uh, 
hear me go through bad day, good day, bad day, good day. You know, I feel like it's, I put my listeners through a roller coaster, but you keep coming back. So (laughs) I'm going to keep giving you a ride on the roller coaster. And these physical conditions, um, be it sobriety or stroke recovery, don't define my limitations. And, and I got to an understanding of that in sobriety. I, I got to an understanding that being an alcoholic, a sober alcoholic, is not a definition of limitations around what I'm allowed to do. You know, like it doesn't constrict me. What it does is it's just like, it's, you know, it's like I'm taking off this shirt and putting on a new one. You know, that's, that's as, that's all it is. That's as difficult as it is. I'm changing from this outfit to this outfit. It's a new me. Um, it doesn't feel like it's that easy on the inside, but from an observer, like, uh, and I'm looking down on me, sorry, the lights just went out. We just lost electricity. Um, so if I'm just an observer, it's, it's just changing from doing something one way and now doing it uh, a new way. So, um, sorry, I'm so distracted. The lights are flickering on and off. Um, so they don't define our limitations. They simply light up a new path that still leads to happiness and fulfillment. That's all. Um, and today I see that maybe I won't see it tomorrow. But it's always promising when I am able to see it. (laughs) Um, So today I encourage you to reflect on your own firsts and new habits, new ways that you've discovered how to find enjoyment in your recovery journey. And each step, no matter how small, is a victory. That's what my psychiatrist reminded me of today. These are not small things that we're doing. In some cases, in many cases, the stuff that I'm talking about here is quite honestly the difference between life and death. You know, there are people that have gone through or are going through what I'm going through and they're, you know, they're, they feel that their life is ending. You know, they've lost all hope. And I'm talking about it. I'm sharing my experience because I want just one person out there to know that they're not alone, that they're not unique, that I feel that same stuff. And it's hard. It's hard is is an understatement. Um, So if you do have anything that you want to share with me, if you found a unique way 
even to adapt in your life to your new um, limitations. Um, you have an old hobby that now you're able to enjoy in new ways in your new uh, circumstances. I would love to hear about it. So drop me a line, as they say. Your story could possibly inspire my next episode. I would love to hear from you. So thank you so much for joining me today on the Recovery Daily Podcast. My lights are back on momentarily. So yay, Uh, maybe my internet will work so that I can upload this to the internet, this episode. Okay, I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.